0: Welcome to this Tougher Minds podcast, which looks in detail at one of the concepts within the Elite Business Athlete. That's the name of our ebook, which is available for free on the Tougher Minds website. The Elite Business Athlete explains how performance secrets from global sporting icons can be beneficial and transformative for everyone. The book provides an overview of key concepts that boost resilience, personal performance, and well being. In this podcast, Dr John Finn discusses the Tougher Minds concept of activation. That's the term he's developed to better describe feelings including anxiety and other related emotional states. John Finn started the podcast by explaining more about activation and how Tougher Minds training uses the concept to benefit people. We know
1: that anxiety has an important impact on on our health, our happiness, our performance. But increasingly, we understand that anxiety isn't necessarily a bad thing. And and anxiety is really a physiological, biological, um, neurobiological response of your brain to something. Um, It might be something that's threatening to you. It might be something that um, you're nervous about. But it equally might be something that um, is, 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 is interesting to you or maybe exciting to you. And really, it's a way of your body becoming alert and getting ready uh, to do something. So we know that anxiety is important, and it's really it's really important to understand what it is. But when you use that language, it's just got such a negative connotation. So in my own work through the years, working with lots of different um, groups of people, I felt that we needed some different language and a different explanation of of that very important process so that people could understand, um, first of all, what it was, but also how to manage it and how to manage it in different situations. And that's how activation evolved. And visually, the way that activation looks is is a dial, a dial going from zero, zero, all the way up to 100. And the numbers on that dial represent your body's state of alertness. Um, so if you're at zero zero on the scale, it means that you're dead. <laughs> and then if you if you get higher up the numbers on the scale, you're becoming more alert. Until you get all the way around to the high numbers, nineties, your hundreds, your where you might be really pumped up. You might be anxious. You might be nervous. Might be an, ex- an excitement there as well. So in its in its simplest sense, activation is a, a reflection of your your stay of alertness at any one point in time and that varies throughout the day know um, obviously when you go to sleep your alertness is very very low, when you um, go for a run your alertness might increase, if you've had a big lunch and it's the afternoon your alertness might be quite low when you need to be a bit higher so we're always at a certain uh, number on the scale but it's not always the optimal number for the thing that we're trying to achieve
0: and am I right in thinking that you work with people to show them not only this understanding and this insight of their fluctuation in emotional state and state of alertness, but how they can understand that better so it can benefit them and indeed how they can control it?
1: Sure, yeah. So we're always working up the continuum from the knowledge about something, but then to the skill and ultimately to the habit. So we want people to understand this, but also we want them to understand how to regulate it as well, so having some skills to manage that, and and almost just getting the habit of achieving um, optimal activation as often as possible.
0: Now, in the Elite Business Athlete, uh, a specific chapter uh, of the book is devoted solely to activation, and specifically to one very well-known international sports team that um, doesn't explicitly refer to activation, because as we've said, it's, it's a tougher minds concept, but something that shows a very, very similar understanding and insight. And and this team is the New Zealand All Blacks. Um, Of course, back-to-back winners of Rugby World Cups, which was a first um, in in the world of Rugby Union. Um, A fantastic win rate, um, all-time win rate, um, a litany of success, and uh, they are symbolic of of excellence in performance. Uh, Just explain to us, John, um, the way they all... All Blacks approach this this particular phenomenon.
1: Well, to give some history to the All Blacks, although they've always been a very high performing rugby team, they seem to find World Cups um, problematic in the sense they couldn't sort of replicate their form that they'd, they'd show that they showed sort of in the in the four years in between World Cups. And they often found what they described that they're choked sort of, in World Cup finals or semi-finals. So they did a review of, of their um, training programme, of of the things that you know they were practising, and they recognised that the mental aspect of the game wasn't something they were focusing on, um, as well as their fitness or their, their, their technical and tactical skills. So they decided to pay much more attention to the mental side of the game. and This led to a focus on different mental skills. One of the mental skills that they paid attention to was being able to make sure that they were, as we would call it, activated enough to perform their roles on the field. So to make the tackles, to catch the ball under pressure when they needed to, to make decisions well when they needed to, but also make sure that they weren't over-activated so that they were giving away, you know, silly free kicks, or making incorrect decisions, or making basic errors, because their uh, arousal levels were too high, and they call they they refer to this as um, blue head red head. So that they, when they recognise they're in a red head state, too high on the activation scale, they have strategies to bring them back down to the blue head state. And when they recognise that they're in the maybe blue head state and they need to push themselves a bit more into the red head state, they've got some strategies to push themselves um, upwards as well.
0: So that that understanding of which, which state or, or where you need to be, shall we say, to... Uh, execute certain tasks which are critical to performance in in the in the best way possible. Uh, that understanding is something they've harnessed and used, and and that's something you also uh, work with people to to help them to develop. I understand.
1: Yeah, When you say, well, you know, how do you transfer that into the office? Well, you need to be alert. The concentration is an, a uni construct. There are lots of different components to it. So the first component to concentrating well is alertness, activation. So if you're sitting at your desk and you're not alert, well, it's going to be very hard to pay the kind of attention you need to pay to do your job really well. So it's an activation problem. If you're stressed out at work, uh, there are a lot of things going on when you're going home at night and you're not being able to sleep. That's an activation problem. So you need to recognise, first of all, what optimal activation levels you need to be at throughout the day, and this is a twenty-four hour thing. It's not, you know, just special times of the day you need to pay attention to it. It influences everything from your sleep, all the way from, you know, not getting annoyed at your employee or, or your boss, and you know, becoming you know too too stressed out because of that. You need to recognize where you need to be at different points, and and get good at getting yourself there regularly and building that habit up. The same, you know, for our school an education clients, if you're sitting in a classroom and you're not at the right activation level, you can't learn anything because you don't have kind of neurotransmitters we need in our brain like dopamine or neuroadrenaline to actually be able to get your, your prefrontal cortex to, to be paying attention to the new information that you need to pay attention to in order to learn it.
0: So in the same way that perhaps um, if a rugby player was, was snarling and spitting in the dressing room and wanting to, to absolutely cream the opposition with some brutal tactics, that um, that's counterproductive for them because they might be penalised and well, sent off perhaps. Um, if somebody came into a, a work context, perhaps cross about something, angry about something that happened interpersonally, uh, that that's, that's equally as counterproductive and for the same reasons.
1: Yeah, because it... In in the workplace situation, it shuts down your clever brain, your PFC, your prefrontal cortex, because it just gets overwhelmed with the negative emotions. So you can't think clearly. And it's quite clear, everyone knows when they've had a bad day, it takes time to, to recover. Research says it takes three days to recover, back to normal cognitive function if you've had a bad day at work. So we can get overwhelmed very easily by... Um unhelpful emotions or and that would be re- be represented by being too activated on the activation scale that we have you know the trouble with managing our thoughts our cognitions is that they're they're invisible they're not real so a lot of what the tougher mind's work starts out with is is trying to help people to understand these invisible concepts first of all, which is why we have this um, a core set of um, uh, language and symbols that we use, you know, activation being, being part of that set.
0: Now, there are plenty, there is plenty more uh, for for anyone who who wants to find out more about activation in the free ebook, The Elite Business Athlete, which you can download from tougherminds.co.uk. So um, do check that out. As I say, there is a specific chapter in the book about activation. Um, But I I understand there's a couple of things you would advise people uh, to do in terms of activation. and. The first one would be to have a think about perhaps monitoring it and identifying what, what your best activation level would be for, for certain tasks or certain key times in the day and then what your usual activation level is.
1: Yeah, so self-watching is where we always begin. Um, being Being mindful of, well, what does my activation need to be at? For example, when I go to sleep, for example, to have a productive afternoon, for example, uh, when I get annoyed at someone. And then, currently, where is my activation and is there a mismatch between the two? Um, Two of those areas might be fine, one you might need to work on. So yes, if we're going to change ourselves, self-watching is the key thing. Uh, this is cognitive behavioural therapy. It's, it's about metacognition, thinking about what you're thinking about. Yeah,
0: and then the other the other thing, and as I say, more on this um, in the elite business athlete e- e- athlete ebook, and also. Um, People can check out the Tougher Minds website more generally, tougherminds.co.uk. Lots of videos on there in the, in the, the blog section and in some of the specific sections, which will help you understand um, this and, and uh, a broad range of concepts that Tougher Minds use. But I also understand you would say that certain breathing techniques could be immediately helpful to people Um in terms of controlling and managing their activation, a lot more uh, training needed to really maximise it clearly, but nevertheless, it's just something worth understanding.
1: Yeah, there are two, two broad ways that you can Im- influence activation. The short-term one is um, yeah, controlling breathing. It's breathing is the body's trigger to excite um, certain neurotransmitters. Or to reduce certain neurotransmitters, your body's very clever, and it sort of understands the gas exchange of oxygen and and um, carbon dioxide, and, and it's, it's always monitoring that. So when we start to breathe up, breathe faster, our body recognises that that's probably for a reason. Or sometimes, when we when we have a threat, our body increases our breathing for us. Um, in order to excite the brain to get ready you know for action, the kind of fight or flight idea that people are familiar with. So breathing is very central and controlling of breathing. And you know most of the time for people, breathing is just a completely subconscious process. But if we bring breathing and make it to a conscious process, for example, purposely slowing our breathing down or speeding our breathing up by by moving around and exercising, that can stimulate activation by increasing it or reducing it. And, you know, you can, you can teach people, uh, strategies around that. Um, the, the newfangled way of doing that is called mindfulness, but what's been around for quite a long time. in uh, psychology is, uh, progressive muscular relaxation, which is what best was what mindfulness is. It's, it's learning how to manage, manage yourself and, and be aware of, of your breathing. Um, the second part of controlling activation is getting your sleep, your diet, your exercise right. We increasingly recognise the restorative effects of sleep. I think I think I was reading the day NASA research where if you have um, you know a twenty minute nap, maybe fifteen, fifteen, twenty minute nap, you get a three hour benefit of that in terms of you know cognitive performance. So, getting our sleep right every night and maybe using strategic naps is, is, is powerful. We know that we can eat certain foods which almost crash our body, if you like. We call, we call these high uh, glucose index foods. So, the, the sugar um, spikes very quickly in our body af- after eating it, and it, and it, it can kind of call, cause an, en- an energy crash where we, we feel high and then we, we crash again so we need to make sure that we're consuming the right kind of foods. And then thirdly, you know, exercise is a great activation tool. We can generate very clever neurotransmitters in our brain when we're moving around, things like BDNF, again, things like dopamine, things like neuroadrenaline. These neurotransmitters, these brain proteins, are essential for a cognitive function and being able to concentrate on the things that we need to concentrate on. You know, and in this sort of um, world which is full of distractions, when we're sitting at our desks, when we're trying to have good downtime, it's really important to have you know, an ability to control your concentration. Otherwise, you just end up paying attention to... Um, what your eight brains finds finds most stimulating, which is new, fast, sort of um, interesting information, which might not always be a descriptor of the thing that you need to pay attention to, you know, to get your work done. So yeah, controlling breathing is one way to manage activation, but really, if you're going to get it right, you need to get your sleep, your diet, your exercise really nailed down.
0: I suppose, as as you always say, as you as you say many times, lifestyle, uh, broader lifestyle, is the key to that. John, just one final quick one before we conclude this podcast. Um, worth pointing out, perhaps, that uh, the All Blacks did just they didn't just decide suddenly to make this change, and it happened. They had to go through, uh, as I understand it, and, and again from the accounts that are publicly available, a fairly robust process of of training and and. Um, rethinking, if you like, to 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 really cement this new understanding and this, this new process into their performance.
1: Yeah, yeah a, it's a mental six-pack. You don't get a six-pack by going to the gym once or doing a few few sit-ups. You've got to work at it. You've got to practice it. Um, not just practice it, practice it really well. And it takes time. I think the understanding would be it takes about 20 hours to learn a new skill to a, a decent level. So, you know, 20 hours of managing breathing control, for example, in the context where you need to control it, it's going to take a lot of time. So, you know, personal change is not easy, but it's hugely achievable. Um, And if you want to, you know, maximise your health, your happiness, your performance, it's something that you have to accept. You know, there's no quick fix. You've got to uh, put the work in, put the practice in because, for all the things that you're not happy about in your life or for all the bits of your performance that aren't going right, you're putting tons of practice into that, into getting it wrong lots and lots and lots Um, and to being being unhappy by beating yourself up too much or by being unhealthy and eating the wrong food or getting your sleep wrong or not getting your exercise right. So, you know, we're always practicing our habits. It's often we're just reinforcing the unhelpful ones. So we have to recognize that, to get helpful habits uh, established, it does take time. It does take persistence, but you can, you know, you can do it if you want to do it, and you, you, everyone's capable of changing
0: themselves. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this Tougher Minds podcast, which discussed activation, a concept within the elite business athlete. The free Tougher Minds ebook, which explains how performance secrets from global sporting icons can be beneficial and transformative for everyone. You can download the Elite Business Athlete from tougherminds.co.uk. Remember, it's totally free. You've been listening to the Tougher Minds Podcast.